All right. Welcome, one and all, everyone from every source of life. Uh, first, this is the first of many, hopefully, good conversations. Uh, I am Matthew. Uh, I cannot disclose my last name, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, and I've, this is the first episode of what is called Good Faith Actors. And with me is my co host, the number one fan of Ronald Wilson Reagan and Larry Hogan. My good Tad. Me, hi, I'm Tad. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, appreciative, maybe fan. No, you know, it's, it's it doesn't do to do hero worship. That's so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I you know, you correct misconceptions, good or bad, on Twitter. It's usually bad, and then I correct them. And most often, people don't listen. Sometimes they do, and that's good. Sometimes they don't because they just don't care and they'd rather live in their, you know, pretty little white picket fence. You got the rose-colored glasses, you got the bubble, uh, and they don't want to get out in the real world. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, I think I think things would be a lot better if more people were willing to uh, to admit when they're wrong uh, and actually, and actually, you know, get, get their views challenged and, and listen to people some more sometimes. People didn't know why I was pausing because I was taking a drink. <laughs> also, this podcast is brought to you by Boost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we're if we're being bought to you, what am I drinking right now? This is a San Fran this is the bird mug from the San Francisco Zoo. Okay. Um, San, Francisco, mug... San Francisco Zoo and Boost to search on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, my mom my mom is from San Francisco, so we've had this mug for a couple decades. Where, how come, yeah, let, let us have that, those, people should buy into this podcast, let's do it. All right, so let's uh, get- You know, get, get the ad revenue. Yeah, let's get the ad revenue. Matthew, are you, are you running ads on this? Are you, like, monetizing this, or what? Are you waiting until we get more people? <laughs> oh, we're waiting until, like, I'm waiting to become, like, the next Joe Rogan, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, Joe Rogan Black. I mean, you just, you gotta do, like, all the, the Orange Man bad stuff, and you get all the, uh, the Democrats who are going to be like, that's a black guy hosting with a gay guy. Oh my gosh, so much identity goodness. And then, then all of a sudden you shoot up. Exactly, dude. Like, and like, we try not to like cuss and all that, but well, I mean, yeah. we can try. Yeah, I mean, I don't generally curse um often, although I admit I've been doing it a lot more since quarantine. Oh, yeah. uh, Pre-quarantine, I didn't curse, but... Post quarantine, I have been cursing much more often than I than I would have liked to. Oh, I, I, all right. So let's do it. So this is the first episode of the Good Faith, Faith Good Faith Actors podcast. So um, this first topic, yes, clap, please clap. Please clap. <laughs> you, got, you can uh, loud claps. Loud claps are good. Clap. No, you have to. Uh, you have to curve your hands a bit and like put them. Opposite degrees, you have to trap the air pockets in because when you smush them out real fast and real loud, it creates that popping sounds. <laughs> that, uh, we're gonna have so many like good political memes with this, and people are like, "What does that?" Mean? We'll find out. Oh, hopefully, people know about the good, the goodness that is the Jeb Bush meme. Basically. I think if only, if only we had clapped for Jeb. <laughs> if only a Jeb. I still. I still find it very odd the you know, the worship of Donald Trump besides the policies let's just we'll talk about that later if you decide to I don't really care but about Donald Trump as a campaigner he is like 
the worst campaigner in human history. He only won because he was facing a human piece of feces with ties to Russia and Iran named Hillary Clinton. That is the only reason he won, and he won despite losing the popular vote against anybody else he would have been crushed. Then he did this whole campaigning in 2018, and Democrats picked up the House. Then he did it again in 2020, and they picked up the Senate and the White House. So Donald Trump, the brilliant campaigner, lost all three houses of Congress in two years. Dude, he was the first since Herbert Hoover to do that. Really? I actually did not know that. And, of course, Herbert Hoover had an excuse. Yeah, like, one could say Trump had an excuse, kind of. Kind of, but, like, Herbert Hoover, you know, the smartest economic minds of the day were advising him. He did everything he could to halt the recession, and nothing could stop it. It was it was national global thing. Donald Trump had... Had... Well, to avoid insults, I'm just going to say that he had people advising him. Um... And it, the response was not the best. And to be fair to him, because even with my political opponents, I do enjoy being fair, people like Andrew Cuomo and Phil Murphy were murdering senior citizens left and right. So it isn't all his fault, but as the president, he's expected to lead. He's expected to project a good image, and he's expected not to let grandma killers run, run wild. And he failed to do that. He utterly failed. So, I mean, he did... So on the one hand, he didn't do anything wrong, but on the other hand, he did everything wrong. It's so and, fun. Oh, that's a topical thing. Uh, Andrew, Andrew, right? Yeah, Andrew Cuomo, that's topical. Don Corleone. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, if you, you basically, yeah, if you, if you know, you know, but if you just look up the news about the governor, you can do that. But, um. I bet, I bet all those people in New Jersey are, are happy that they're no longer the worst at something, you know? <laughs> I was, I'm considering applying to Seton Hall, but I'm realizing it's in New Jersey, and I'm thinking of maybe applying somewhere else. New Jersey! My mom's... New Jersey. Oh, oh, um, shoot, I didn't bring it up. Oh, I hate it. If I had my almanac, there was a perfect quote about New Jersey, and it's downstairs. Oh, well, I'll get it for next time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ah, beautiful. Uh, uh, oh, that happened again. I have something in my drink. I drink something, and it's something in my mouth, and I can't... So okay. that's a San Diego shirt. Um, yeah, care to yeah. explain? Oh yeah. Um, for people, this is a not a video podcast, but I am wearing a San Diego um, uh, hoodie, which was by my parents when they visited San Diego with my older sister, who went there for like grad school and stuff. And they got a bunch of stuff, San Diego and all that. And it's one of my favorites, especially during a time as this, ever it's cold. And we, since Okay, here's something about me and Tad. We both live in Maryland, and in Maryland, as we record right now, we're most likely going to have a big snowstorm or something like that. The one week where school is out and we get the snowstorm. I guess it doesn't matter anymore, but uh, story of 2021. <laughs> yeah, but okay, let's get to business. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> I believe this is going to be the first time we're going to go off track. We don't have a, like some people are like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the thing that happened with it's, the news. And right. that, and that Joe Biden poster sitting behind your head. Oh, and yeah. We're going to talk about that. And <laughs> oh, then yeah. nothing happens. Oh, yeah. Um, see, look, we're gonna. this is going to be what's going to happen. We're just going to be distracted all the time. We're not going to talk about But that poster was because um, I worked for President Biden's uh, campaign as a text volunteer. 
and um, just like a bunch of the books and all that. You can see right there, there's my Switch, a bunch of books, bunch of <laughs> Bibles, and all that. And yeah, I don't. I have behind me my magic cards. I have my books. I have all my homework. Uh, my flute over there. Uh, more books. Um, more books and the TV that my father and I used to watch hockey, uh, and nothing else. Because, Go yeah. Go Caps. We are. Yes. Yeah. The greatest, greatest sport in the world, hockey. But okay, let's get to business. So the first topic of this episode is about our political journeys and evolutions about how when we started learning about politics when our first ideological uh meanings were and then basically the events that basically uh where we are now and uh, excuse me for um let's go with you tag first because right. i've been mostly talking basically yeah surprising normally i'm the one who does the talking so go with me first about what? About our political journeys, basically, like how we first got, involved, got interested in politics, where were our first ideological um, leanings were. The first thing I remember about politics is it was, it was, I was, well, I was five years old. It was, it was 2008. No, I was six years old and it was 2009. Yeah, that's right. And uh, no, I was five years old and it was 2008. And uh, my my mother was uh, staying up late and watching the election coverage, uh, and she just started like screaming and crying. Uh, and she was she was like, "Come down here. Do you want to watch the first black president get sworn in?" And I was like, "No, mommy. I want to read." Uh, and I did that, and I read, and I missed watching the, uh, the the coverage live. Not that I would have understood any of it, but I I missed it. <laughs> uh, she yeah it's. Very, very weird. She had an, she has an ungodly uh, uh, appreciation, let's put it that way, for former President Obama. Uh, and then, so that was that. And then in third grade, um, the, the, um, the teacher did a poll asking who, who we preferred. Um, I picked Rick Santorum. Um, I didn't know anything about him. Um, I would obviously change that nowadays, but I picked him, uh, and my justification for that, because his name is badass. His name is amazing. <laughs> you know, there, there was Mitch and, and Ron and, and, and Hillary and, and Barry and all those people and Rick Santorum. <laughs> so, so macho. I'm completely serious, by the way. That was, that was my justification. Um, I'm pretty certain, now I might not be, I think he might have finished second to Mitt Romney in the class poll. Um, despite, you know, we live in one of the most democratic areas in the country, but third graders like funny names, you know, Mitt Romney. There was a big, <laughs> nationals were decent at baseball at the time. Uh, never won anything, but you know. <laughs> um, and then, so that, yeah, well, that, that was, that was 2019. That wasn't, I'm not, I'm young, but I'm not that young. Okay. Um, and then, so later on, when would this have been? This would have been seventh grade, maybe eighth grade, but somewhere around that time, it was 2015, early 2016. And there was this old fat guy with, with dyed hair and a toupee who, who walked down this escalator, and that escalator was plated with gold because this guy was rich as fuck, pardon me, rich as heck. <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit that out, do something to it, or we keep it in, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so there's this really rich, there's, there's this really rich guy, and he was, he was running for president. Uh, and that was the first thing I heard, and the first thing I heard was that he, uh, he wanted to deport all the Mexicans. 
Um, and obviously that isn't the case. That was a, that was a miscommunication, but uh, he did he did have some uh, some racial not racial. Uh, it was some ethnic no, because it wasn't all Latinos. It was just Mexicans for some reason. Country of origin animus, like racial animus, but he didn't hate Latinos. He just hated Mexicans, but he loved tacos. Um, but anyway, so there was this guy, and he was running for president, and my parents were laughing, and my teachers were laughing, and the school was laughing. Um, by the way, his name was Donald Trump. You might you might have guessed that already. Um, but in the interest in the interests of clarification, in case there are foreign listeners, his name was Donald John Trump. Uh, he was seventy. Um, by the way, um, I am. Uh, he was he was uh, the the oldest president elected, if I remember correctly. No, he wasn't. Biden is. Was he at the time? I don't even remember. Either way. At the time, he beat out Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, and that's another reason I hate him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if, if you couldn't tell, um, this isn't a very ideological podcast, hopefully, but, uh, you know, I don't really like Donald Trump. I don't think Matthew really likes Donald Trump. So, you know. Yeah, we make him off the vibe that we don't like Donald Trump. <laughs> but anyway, so so we were laughing, and I spent, I spent months practicing my Donald Trump impersonation, my Donald Trump accents. The very first time I went viral, so to speak, was during math class when we were, uh, it was, this was, this was, uh, what was this? This was Algebra 2 back in eighth grade. Um, I am, I, I am quite good at math. Um, not as good as I used to be, but quite good. So I was a few grades ahead. Um, this was Algebra 2 taught by an amazing teacher whose name I won't, won't speak because that would be doxing her. Um, I'll but mention our teacher's names. Yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. Um, and, we were learning about some functions, and I just said, grab them by the asymptotes, and we lost 10 minutes of class. Um, <laughs> and that was, that, was in, that was in March or April of 2016. So this was back when he was a joke. You know, he, was, he wasn't doing anything. Maybe this was January, February. It was before the primaries. It was when he was a joke. He was small dick energy, as Marco Rubio would say. Um, and that's not cursing, because that is basically what Marco Rubio said. So I'm allowed to do that. Richard. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, like when I sent, <laughs> that's uh, detective, so he could basically was talking about. Yeah, so like when I like when I promised my uh, supposed boyfriend some dick pics, and then I sent him pics of Richard Lionheart. Um, <laughs> no, why not? My uh, detective uh, Sherlock Holmes, basically. I love the Sherlock Holmes stories. I have them. I have them in my room. I, I used to read them all the time. I should get back to it. I haven't read all of them yet. There are a lot of them, a thousand pages. <laughs> but anyway, so that was that, and then. I was, by the way, at the time, a big Bernie bro. I loved Bernie. I didn't have the hat or anything, but I loved him. You know, he's like, free stuff, free college, free everything. And my parents at the time were like, you're not getting any college money because we hate you, and all the money is going to your sister. And that was one end. And then the other end was Bernie being like, free college, free healthcare, free tanks, free Humvees. And I was like, whoa, that sounds really cool. So I went on the Bernie train. And then he lost to Clinton, um, Hillary Clinton, not Bill Clinton. And I was fed up with the DNC, you know, because I thought they rigged it, because I didn't know any better, and I was reading, like, Jimmy Dore stuff. Not actual Jimmy Dore, uh, not actual Jimmy Dore, but, like, his level of conspiracy theories. And so I was like, they rigged it just to stop Bernie, because Bernie's the only one who could have won. And I was very mad, and so I switched to Trump. Uh, this was, this was June or July 2016. I switched to Trump. Now, I still didn't know anything about Trump, okay? Um, but I switched him, because I hated the establishment, on both parties. I was 13 or 14 years old, and I was already a little Ron Paul. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so I hated that. Uh, so I was like Trump 2016, and a surprising amount of my friends were also like Trump 2016. And they didn't know much either. But we all had this sense of, 
whoa, the news cycle is really fun. Let's have more of it. Because, you know, we were 14 and we didn't know or care. So he won. And I was like, oh, no, no. He won. And then he started doing things. And I'm like, wait, I hate this guy. Um, so I became a liberal Democrat. <laughs> and this, was this would have been 2017. Uh, and he nominated Gorsuch. And I was like, huh, this guy's pretty cool, actually. But I still hate Trump. I just like everything he does. Um, and then he did the tax cuts. And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, I didn't really know what that meant. I'm, I, I read it and it's like, oh, people get more money. That money equals good because I didn't. I didn't know anything, right? So I thought that was good. Um, oh, um, hi, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. dinner out. I'm taking takeout tonight. Oh, yum, tasty. Because tomorrow's snow is going to prevent tomorrow. Okay, definitely edit that part out. The stuff that we did last night. Okay. What are you talking about there? We're keeping this all in. No, I'll find a way to edit this out. Yeah, you know. Editing isn't necessary, but that was my father's voice, and, you know, that's a little too much. Uh, I don't know if you heard it. Maybe if you didn't hear it, it could be fine. But anyway, back to the story. So that was 2017. Um, I was 2017, uh, and I started, like, in this weird dichotomy where I couldn't find, like, his Trump's policies were, like, fine because Republicans in Congress kept telling him, no, you don't get to do all this racist bullsh bullsh borscht. Yeah, racist borscht. I almost, I almost said it, but I stopped myself. Uh, but anyway, you don't get to do all this racist claptrap, and you don't get to do all this and that. So all the stuff that he did was just normal Republican orthodoxy. And I'm like, this guy's really good. But then I go on, you know, I go on Twitter, and I see him going, whoa, you know, asshole country, you know, go back to where you came from. And I'm like, that is so weird. So I got to this point where I was a, a, a generic Democrat, but I agreed with a bunch of Republican viewpoints, but I also hated Donald Trump. Uh, so in 2018 came around, mm -hmm. um, and at this time, this was about when the the squad came into prominence. You know, your AOCs, your 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 Rashidas, Talib, your Ayanna Presley, uh, uh, Ilhan Omar. But this was the first edition of the squad. This was back when there was just four of them, not when there's like 20 nowadays. I think um, they're now. I think I don't know. No, they're adding more people to the squad. Um, that was like a thing. <laughs> but this was like squad like 1.0 this was the og squad this was like this was like Mar this was like wayne gretzky and mario lemieux was just an imitation this is og stuff um yes i hate the penguins how could you tell um, here's another thing about me and ted we both don't like trump we're both washington capitals fans and we both don't like the pittsburgh penguins hmm Pardon me, I was drinking some tea, but I 100% agree with what my good friend Matthew said. Uh, he's a genius. You should follow him on Twitter. Maybe. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you should follow Ted on Twitter if you want to. Woo! Um, I feel so like there's going to be other things we'll agree on. So 2018, um, and I was still a Democrat. Uh, and then the major turning point for me, I was 16. 2018, okay. 20, I was 16 or 15 years old, almost 16. I turned 16 right after the 2018 election, so I was still 15 years old. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh was nominated. This was my major turning point. And so many lies were spewed about him. People went in an all-out character assassination. They pretended he was a gang rapist. And that, more than anything else, turned me away from the Democrats. So at that time, I started drifting rightwards. And I was still, you know, a, 
a moderate Democrat because I was so far left in the beginning. But I started slowly drifting rightwards. And I'm like, I still agree with a lot of things Democrats do, but what they did to this man was nothing short of pure evil. Um, and so that was that. Until 2018 midterms, and Republicans picked up two Senate seats and lost the House. And I'm like, good. Because at that point, I wasn't sure what I wanted. So I liked Republicans having Senate control and Democrats having House control because I could start looking at what they were doing and comparing things. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that. Uh, and then he got on the court, and lo and behold, he did not murder women. He did not put gays in jail. And he was just a good accomplished justice. Um, so that was that. And then 2019, the squad went out with their anti-Israel stuff. And, you know, my whole family is Jewish, you know. And I saw in the squad, I saw, uh, I saw echoes of the 1930s and echoes of the 1940s, um, saying that Jews, you know, control the world, blood libel quotes. Um, it's all about the Benjamins. And that shook me to my core because my family is Jewish and that is a big thing. You know, some of my family got murdered in Soviet pogroms, mm -hmm. uh, concentration camps, and some of them got murdered by the Nazis. Luckily, my grandparents managed to uh, escape the Nazis, got captured by the Soviets, then escaped those, made to London, the U.S. My father was born, then I'm born, etc. But it was very scary when that happened. And I saw the Democrats normalize it. I saw the the proposition on anti the, the censure on anti-Semitism got watered down to a censure on all forms of bigotry, despite the fact that it wasn't all forms of bigotry that was happening in the halls of Congress. I saw, uh, I saw people support them to stick a knife to the system. I saw a lot of these things happen. I saw them get more donations than almost any other politician. Uh, and that was, then I started becoming a, a right of center Democrat. I was like, I agree with a lot of Republican things, but you know, my parents were Democrats. My grandparents were Democrats. All my friends are Democrats. All my teachers are Democrats. Like, I, why would I be a Republican? So I was a Democrat. Then, um, then impeachment happened. And this was not second impeachment, which I wholeheartedly support, and I believe Matthew does as well, because of what happened on January 6th. This was first impeachment, yes. uh, when nothing had happened. Uh, and they were impeaching him because they had been wanting to do that since he got took in office when Al Green started writing the articles of impeachment that he released on July 2017. He started writing them the day of the inauguration, or maybe the day after, I can't remember. January 20-something. There, there was rumblings, basically. Of yeah. So they've been trying to do that for three years, and they succeeded. And I was like, what is going on? Like, you can disagree with him. I don't think he's a good president. But, like, high treason, high treason, high crimes or misdemeanors? None of that has been going on. And so I was starting to think that, and again, it's not all Democrats. I'm very proud that I'm, I like to be subtle in my thinking. It's not all Democrats. But too many Democrats abused their oaths of office that time, in my opinion. Um, in my opinion, of course. And you will get to detail probably the exact opposite story uh, when we get to you. And I'll be interested <laughs> to hear what you think. But that is that is how I came about. Uh, and that was that. Um, and so in eighth grade, I had come out as homosexual. Um, and that was, I was not ready to make the shift with the Republican Party because I believed wrongly that they hate me for being homosexual. Um so I kept being a Democrat, but I started, you know, I went on Twitter as a right-leaning person. I never said anything about my party, and I wanted to see how people would react. Um, to this day, I have had zero Republicans get mad at No, that's not true. I've had zero non-Groiper Republicans get mad at me for being gay. I have had dozens upon dozens of gays get mad at me for being Republican. Mm -hmm. um, but that was that. And then, then they started, then COVID hit. And you see the World Health Organization be clowning itself to please its Chinese masters. 
you see Nancy Pelosi doing what, in my opinion, was the right thing when she said go eat at Chinatown. A lot of my Republican colleagues consider that silly. I actually disagree. At that time, we didn't know how dangerous it would be, and it was important to send a message to prioritize small businesses, and I think that what she and other Democrats and Republicans did was the right thing. Uh, what I did not like was, uh, that was that was early March, I think, February, that was, you know, the Chinatown tweet. Um, what I did not like was when lockdown started, because it's like they, they care about the virus, but they don't care about all the deaths of suicide and all the loss of life that comes from losing your job and your access to food, because no one's working grocery stores anymore. I mean, they are now, but at the time, you know, the riots and the, the you know, the thievery. Um, and that was hypocrisy. But, you know, hypocrisy is normal from politicians. So I was like, I really don't like this Democratic Party, but the Republicans aren't doing any better. Um, they're just quieter about being hip hypocritical idiots. And then came the, uh, the riots, the riots in May and June. And how they were co-opted by white far leftists and what was once uh, peaceful protests by black people protesting what they see as an unjust policing system uh, became used by white people to give them an excuse to break laws, to steal things, to burn down buildings, and to culminate with a murder of a Trump supporter in broad daylight in Portland, Oregon. Um, and I, I found that disgusting. And the media covered up for it. 93% peaceful. I don't care that it's 93% peaceful. I mean, yeah, sure, that's accurate. But the 7% that wasn't peaceful was billions of dollars in property damage plus a murder. So I don't really care that it's peaceful. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and all this time, I kept noticing when I'm reading the articles, the pictures, the people in masks, the people with clubs, you know, people with all their, their violent stuff. Those are white people. You're telling me that in, in St. Louis, which is majority black in atlanta which is majority black you know in detroit which is some like 70 percent black that when you're looking for violent protesters all those pictures are white there were like zero black people being violent and to me that was an eye-opening moment because i realized that the riots weren't about justice that they weren't about fairness that they weren't about equality they were a way for white people to larp online to tell their friends look how good i am and to steal things uh, and I turned against the social justice left and the Democratic Party a lot there. On them, in June and July, I met Scott Pressler, a conservative activist who was pre-election running around registering people to vote. And I talked to him over Twitter, and he registered me to vote. And we had a long conversation. He took time out of his schedule to talk to me, a nobody. And he's gay, and I did not know that. And we had a conversation, and he basically told me that it's okay to be Republican and be gay. And he said with how, how he accept how accepted he is, he's gotten invitations to be on news networks as a gay Republican. I read about Brandon Straka, another one. You know, I read about all of them and I'm like, yeah, that's a thing of the past. You know, when I looked at polling, sixty percent of Republicans are okay with gay marriage. You know, it's no longer everybody's fine with it. And that was when I made the decision that I registered August or was it July? No, August fourth, twenty twenty, as a Republican. The first time I registered to vote, that was my firm party shift. Uh, and I was still a left-of-center Republican, um, as I had been a left-of-center Democrat for a while. But then over and over, the media lied. They lied. They shamed Republicans. They, sh they, they lie about everything. And they played cover for Democrats. Like, in a very interesting moment when Fredo uh, had his brother, sorry, sorry, Chris Cuomo, not Fredo Cuomo. Let's no, not, no. let's not, let's try to... Uh... <laughs>
Yep, yeah, um, and I mean Italiuks aren't people. As that, <laughs> no Italians are people. There's uh, there's this hot Italian guy on Twitter whom he should be. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> not, that is not simp for people. <laughs> you are simping for Nancy Mace. You have no hey, right. Hey, hey, hey! Let's not talk about. You have no, no, no bonk. You uh, um uh, get the hence to the body jail bonketh. The horny, the horny police. <laughs> Yes, um, uh, the popo. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I'm beaten up on some innocent black people for the for the crime of simping. Um, but anyway, you should see us, Sam. Uh, you should see Sam. He's he's. Sam, Abodo, Adobo. Wait, I can never remember which is the right one and which is the one that got misspelled. Is it Abodo or Adobo? And I'm really sorry that I forget. But I had it remembered, and then there was a news article that misspelled his last name, flipping the D and the B. But now I can't remember which one is the real one and which one was the one I read in the article, and I feel really bad about it. Because he's a good friend of mine. I feel I awful. With him. He's cool. Yeah, uh, I saw him uh, in Libertarian Circles, and then I started playing uh, a game called Among Us with him, which is a trash game, by the way. Um, it, it's an awful game, but it's like the only way to meet with friends, so I did it. And he's like really nice, and also really smart. Um, yeah, he hangs around with... Podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, he hangs around with some people whom I don't like too much, but he's like a genius, and he's an angel, so like, whatever. We should um, have him on. Let's have him yeah. on. Yeah. Also, he's like ugly, so he 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 doesn't need to worry that I'm only like getting his good graces to date him. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell him that. (laughs) Don't tell him that. Dude, this is this is all gonna. We should do like basically like uncut hours where basically it's just us just acting. Yeah. Um. So that was that was July August. Um. And. Lo and behold, I got a lot of hate from Democrats, as expected. Um, you know, I was prepared for it. I got a lot of love from Republicans. That's what happened. Jeff Fanzrew, you know, Jordan Jordan Amash, uh, Justin Amash. Thank you. Thank you very much. Not Jordan Amash. Paul Mitchell, you know what happens. Anytime someone switches parties. What I was not aware of was the homophobia that was rampant in the attacks I received. Uh, including up to and including people telling me to kill myself and saying I am was selling out every gay person. Um, these were all Democrats doing that. Um, and that basically was like, I don't care. I am never being a Democrat again after what I saw. And I get that, you know, not all Democrats, that's a fringe element. And obviously that does not represent the broader Democratic Party. But like when that fringe element is culture to gets committee posts, gets speaking time, gets gets to work on the green new garbage or whatever it's called, um, then like that is the party. Um but anyway, so that's that. Uh, then, and I started realizing that I don't like Donald Trump. And like, three amazing, act, uh, three amazing textualist Supreme Court justices, uh, and good policy does, like Donald Trump does good policy. I'm not going to argue about that. But any Republican president would have done the same thing, and any other Republican president would not have done baseless attacks on democracy, would not have incited his supporters to riot at the Capitol building. For the first time since like 1941 or something, it was between, uh, uh, World 1812. No, I'm pretty certain there was there was one in the 20th century. Okay. Um, um, would not have done that, and would not have been just so uncouth and misusing the office of the presidency. The president is not supposed to just be a good leader, but supposed to be a good man. When Bill Clinton raped that woman, he deserved impeachment for for yes. that, and his policies were fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with his policies. But that's not what a president is. The president is what America looks up to and what the world looks up to, as exemplified in Ronald Reagan's famous Shining City on a Hill speech. 
um, as I'm sure you're aware of, and yes, that I had to bring up. Uh, and when Donald Trump did that, I just see this man getting crass, boorish, and he was elected because he stuck it to them, because the media had for decades lied and smeared Republicans, and he came up and they saw a fighter, and his supporters didn't see the bad sides of him, um, and so they o or overlooked them, because they were angry. They were angry, and they voted in like that. And I could not, in good conscience, support Donald Trump. So I began to work uh, with, with you know, online helping people vote for Biden, basically. Tell them why they should from the perspective of a Republican voter. Uh, Republicans for Biden, but not like that scam pack. Um, I did sign up for the Lincoln Project, which I regret. Um, but I signed up uh, and then realized that they suck. And they're all they're doing is raising money from themselves and covering up sexual harassment of my friends, one of whom I'm not obviously going to name him, but one of my friends was sexually harassed by John Weaver, and that was disgusting, and I withdrew my full support from that, from the Lincoln Project. Uh, and I did that. And then after the election, oh no, October 30th, an ACB's confirmation, Justice Coney Barrett, I realized how little so many people cared, not just about diversity, but about other people. Like, there were people on Twitter who had been I'm not going to say, like, nice, but I'm going to say polite. And they just started attacking everybody. You know, there was the common narrative that if you support ACB, you're a fascist, that she hates gay people, that all the Handmaid's Tale stuff. Obviously, none of that is true, but that doesn't stop the media. And that was disgusting. And that was when I hated the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, but I was still Republican because my firm conviction is that I want to make America better. And that means that I need to change the Republican Party. And that means that I do that from the inside by getting elected by proving that the Republican Party can move on from the Trumps of the world and move to the Hogans of the world, to the Mees, to the Reagans, to the Susan Collinses, uh, and they do that from the inside. And the reason I chose the Republican Party over the Democratic Party is because the Republicans are fighting a civil war right now within themselves, truth versus Donald Trump. The Democrats have fought that civil war in 2016 and truth lost, and it's too late, in my opinion, for them. And so I hope, you know, that They'll come back to their senses, but, you know, with every Cory Bush who lionizes white supremacists on death row, um, including one who murdered a, a woman and her two-year-old daughter um, by setting fire to their car um, in that tweet of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, AOC uh, supporting job-killing propositions with Ilhan Omar saying that my ancestors are traitors, that they have dual loyalty, that they are traitors to the country, that they sacrificed so much they lost their families escaping nazism not nazism pardon me to come to this country only to be greeted by the omars of the world the talibs of the world and i just and you know like i understand the democratic party has a better record on climate change it has a better record on lgbt rights although that's changing recently but it's still it has a better record even on uh, on homelessness but that to me is not as important as equality as economics as making sure everybody feels at home and that's why i am changing the republican party to make sure that it does so to the present day to wind it up to the present day on january 6th i lost a whole bunch of pro-trump followers because i spent that entire day uh saying that the rioters deserve to be locked up uh, in prison and prosecuted to the full extent of the law for treason because they invaded the capital uh that and, and my opinion invading the capital was treason <laughs> um I'm, yeah yeah, it is. You know what? I don't need to say in my opinion. Yeah, I guess I do. It is my opinion. <laughs> um, but and so I went below 1,000 followers uh, again, and that doesn't matter to me because that's a number. Uh, and like I don't care 
people are my friends, they stay with me, or they don't. Uh, and it just shows people's true colors. So, um, basically, I got a whole bunch of far leftists saying homophobic and transphobic shit to me, uh, and also some, some mildly racist things as well, uh, for being Republican. And I got people on the right who are not saying those things, who are just like, you're, you know, who are like, you drunk the Kool-Aid, I'm going to unfollow you. But that's relatively polite. You know, they're not racist. They're not anti-Semitic. They're not homophobic, etc. Um, you know, I got, you know, I, there are people telling me that I cannot be, uh, I have that our Republicans are racists and those are people in good standing on election Twitter. Uh, I, there are people who are saying that, you know, the Republican Party is a fascist party, it hates democracy, blah, 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 who are hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, and it's a lot easier to change a party that is in internecine strife, that wants to be changed, mm -hmm. uh, than it is to change a party that has decided, has abandoned the 90s, and has gone off the ledge. Uh, did you see that Pew Research study um, about partisan polarization? I have not seen that. Okay, so, um, I guess it's a podcast, so I'm not gonna, I guess, can't link in. So, it, basically what it does is every three, uh, every three or four years, uh, starting in 1994, Pew Research Group, which is the gold standard of American polling, surveyed a few thousand Americans, uh, Democrats and Republicans, and asked them what they were uh, on a scale of, I think it was 17 or so political questions. Mm -hmm. uh, and in 1994, the Democrats were roughly a 3.5 on the seven-point scale. No, a three on the seven-point scale, where one is super ultra-liberal and seven is super ultra-conservative. And the Republicans were 4.5, a 5, a 5.5. Democrats were very slightly more centrist than Republicans were. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2005, 2006, Democrats were dead center at, at four, 4.5, something like that. And Republicans were in the 5.5 area. Mm -hmm. Then in 2017, Democrats moved all the way over to the two area and Republicans stayed in the five area. Mm -hmm. 2017, the new poll, new poll is due in this year, hopefully, if they still doing, if they're still doing it, they haven't canceled it because it's been every three or four years. And the last one was 2017. And there are other polls in this light, and I would not be surprised if the Democrats go off the charts with what they have done since Donald Trump got elected. Um, and, yeah, that's my story. So I guess let's hear about your story, which is, I think, the reverse. So this okay, will be entertaining. Okay. All right, let's do it. Um, so basically, I, similar to you, basically, um, I was around 2008, the 2008 election. That's when I pretty much was, uh, when you first get a aware of politics and was like but you were older then correct yeah I, I was i'm three years old basically not to spoil my age also spoil alert my birthday is this monday as we report this february 1st happy birthday that's college admission deadline so <laughs> but, um, happy birthday matthew well thank you um so basically what happened was you know basically it was like a, at the time senator obama he was basically running and uh, uh, so he was running for president and I was like, oh man, that's cool. Like, and basically it was, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. I think that's cool that he was you know, the first African-American to win the presidency. And then like, interesting enough, my parents told me this, like they were kind of Republicans. Like, they actually voted. Uh, my mom's first president she voted for was uh, George H.W. Bush in 1988. And then she was the same with my mom's weight. Was my mom George H.W. Bush, or was it at, or was it George H.W. Bush in '92? But so either way, it's the same thing. But then, like, and then, like, 2000 and 2004, she voted. They both voted for uh, George W. Bush, and then 2008, they voted for John McCain, basically. So they were one of the what two percent of of black voters who voted for McCain. Yeah, 
So I think so. But you know, oh. but um, it was basically like oh, exist. Okay. Yeah, exactly. They exist. And John McCain was a cool was a cool dude. Like, but um, that's more later. We'll we'll talk about my love fest for John McCain later. But uh, um, so basically, two thousand eight when Obama was elected, and it was cool. And then like around two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve, I think that was when the time he was like um. He was like the first sitting president to support same-sex marriage, and I was. It was kind of like, like uh, church I attended to was like very like you know anti-gay marriage and like kind of preaching against it. And then like, it was around that time in Maryland when we were starting to like you know question six, which was basically trying to, excuse me, legalize uh, same-sex marriage. And I was pretty much kind of like, oh man, I don't I don't like Obama. Basically, you know, he supports you know this and blah blah blah. Yeah, African Americans are very, very socially conservative in general, and as I've, you know, as I've been saying, Republicans need to shed racist imagery, and they could win them over. Yeah, like I think there should be like a balance, you know. But uh, we can do more. Let's do like we can yeah. talk. More. We can talk. But um, but then again, like with the Republicans, I was actually like, I think there was some time I was like, uh, it was like Republicans that were trying to get it, but then like uh, Governor at the time, Governor Rick Perry, I was kind of like. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope he wins because he's like a Christian and all that. But then, like you know, in 2012, I was like, "Oh, Mitt Romney." I'm like, "I don't know, man. He's a Mormon. I don't know about these Mormons. <laughs> they aren't Christians and stuff." But yeah. I was like, "You know what?" And then I watched a bit of like the 2012, uh, like the speeches. Like I think I saw Bill Clinton. I saw at the time Vice President Biden, and I watched uh, President Obama. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm more convinced. Ah, I forgive you, Obama." I had that. <laughs> with you and then lo and behold uh supported uh obama won re-election and then like but at the same time at that night when so your parents i assume voted for obama that year yeah yeah well yeah, we're so... tell the... no it's just i just find it funny because a lot of black americans switched from obama 08 to romney some like two or three percent but v- like almost zero switched the other way and it's just every everything exists though there's always there's always that that exception but I, i'll tell you like a little bit about um their political journey as well but um so basically it was like at the same night it was basically um uh the uh it was that question six passed so like basically uh question six passed so that meant like same-sex marriage was legalized and basically i was like at the time was pretty mad about it because i was like how how dare they basically they you know try to quote unquote redefine marriage and all that stuff and then like basically it was at that time around 2013 2014 then leading up to the supreme court thing where you know same-sex marriage became became more um it basically became legalized throughout the state yeah it was a quick shift it was like everybody hated it and then five years later everybody loved it and that's like the fastest shift like unmatched yeah like pretty much like yeah, we'll talk more about like LGBTQ plus issues, but that's like yeah, the biggest issue that has the strongest shift in our lifetime, basically. But yeah, because like people who oppose it until people who like universally, not universally because they obviously oppose it, but kind of like support it. But and then like around 2015, that was when like the, uh, that's when 2016 happened, basically. So it was like kind of like, okay, who are you going to pick? You got the Democrats and Republicans. And okay, there's the spoiler. So basically, I was more conservative, like basically like socially conservative, like against prohibition, against uh, gay marriage, like pro Israel, and like uh, not really economics. I didn't really, I didn't care for it for me. I think I was pro gun rights, basically, and all that. 
mostly conservative viewpoints. And so like I was basically, so like 2016, I was gonna basically um, uh, support where the Republican were. So it was basically like, at first I supported uh, Ben Carson and then a little bit, and then basically, uh, let's try, oh yeah, this is gonna give me, this is gonna give me crap. But, uh, and then like after, huh? yeah, I went for Ted Cruz, like I think after he won in Iowa, because I, I look at Trump kind of like a joke. Like, to be fair, uh, 2016 Ted Cruz is very different from 2020 Ted Cruz. Yeah. 2016 Ted Cruz was kind of weird. 2020 Ted Cruz is just crazy. Yeah, but so basically that, like, I was basically like supportive of Ted Cruz because he was like, like, there was like a fascination with Trump for me. I was like, yeah, this guy's interesting. But like, also, like, he said some, you know, in my viewpoint, kind of bigoted viewpoints. And, Cruz or Trump? Uh, I mean Trump. Nope. Yeah. So there was like a fascination with it, and I was like, eh. But like basically Ted Cruz, and then basically the ill-fated campaign. I vividly remember when he picked uh, Carly for for Yeah, vice president, and then if like, she doesn't have a name, she's a woman. Why would she get a name? Her. Yeah. I, not trying to me because like I feel like in quarantine, I basically would just um. It just like slipped out of my mind, but um, so basically, um, I was like, okay, like I had, and basically, I didn't care for Bernie or anything. I'm not like you, man. <laughs> I was a conservative. It was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you you had that Trump phase, so like same thing. Oh, no, you had the Cruz phase, which is conservative Bernie. So, <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna uh, name and save you. Uh, but I'm not. I don't care about that as much as I care that you have a football poster on your wall uh, instead of a hockey poster. I'm gonna name and shame you for that instead. Is that even the Redskins? No, it's not. That's the pit. Oh, you are so canceled for that. No, 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 no. This is like my. This was uh, my brother's poster. Oh, I don't care about that. You got a Pittsburgh team poster. You are no, canceled. Like sports people, like Ben. Robinson. My friends. My yeah. friends. I'm not a Pittsburgh. I see it. I see it. Anyway, sorry. Back to your back to your journey. Oh my goodness. I have to deal. With, I'm gonna have to deal with this guy person, but but no, we're cool. But it basically was like you know I was like ah, I don't care. I think Hillary Clinton's gonna win anyway because like it's the favorite. But then like that was me. That that was me one hundred percent. I mean that's like everyone. Everyone was like yeah, Hillary Clinton's gonna win it all. You know it's whatever. But then like basically um I was kind of like I looked at the RNC and like I kind of was like pro Trump. I saw his acceptance speech in the RNC and I'm like ah oh, that's cool. But also like with Ted Cruz, the famous how he didn't endorse him. I saw that live and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I had like some people at the church who was like pro Trump and they were pretty pissed that he didn't endorse him right away. But um No, I'm sorry, I was gonna say something but I realized you're not done. I'm sorry. I talk too much. That's fine. I, I talk too much too. But um that this is why we work together. We talk too much. You know I talk too much. Better than empty space. Always better when people are listening to a podcast to hear hear a lot of things than to hear nothing. Absolutely. The no, don't want to hear all those, um, uh, where was I again? You'd much rather hear people talking over each other. But Which I, is, of course, not as good as, you know, seamless passing it off, but that's impossible. That's But and then, like, 2016, I watched the Obama bit. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I didn't care for the Hillary Clinton speech. But, <laughs> oh, my God. Horrors. I mean, I agree. I mean, she got that old-ass white woman energy. Nobody wants to hear her speak. She got that grandma who everybody hates but always comes over. 
that's her energy. I don't know if black people have like the same thing because I know their family like gatherings are different. But in in like just generic white person culture, there's always the one grandma who makes like awful food. She always yells. She hugs the kids when they don't want to be hugged. And you know everybody like pretends they love her because oh she's so old and we don't want to let her down. And everybody hates her. And that's Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Even I like Hillary Clinton. I wouldn't blame you. But um, basically, it was the debates, and I was like, oh, that, that. And then, like, when the Access Hollywood tape stuff came out, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to support Trump. I was, that was disgusting. Yeah, like, I was very, like, I, I can't be for this, and I was pretty mad. But the, even at the time, and it's weird, because, like, at the time, I was not really pro-Hillary, but I wasn't really pro-Trump. <laughs> Nobody was pro-Hillary. <laughs> Hillary voters were not pro Nobody was pro. No, none of the Hillary voters were pro Hillary. In the primaries, they were anti Sanders. In the general, they were anti Trump. And in 2008, they were anti Obama. Nobody has. Oh, and in the Senate races in New York, they were anti Republican. I would bet you $50 that nobody outside of her immediate family has ever cast a vote for her because they liked her, only because they disliked the opponents. Maybe. I will bet my reputation on that. So, like, basically, it was 2016. I was kind of like, eh, I'll probably like Evan McMullen, basically. Wait, but I thought you hated Romney because he was a Mormon. I've changed, basically. Uh, I, I know. But I was like, oh, he seems cool. Like, it doesn't matter. And I was kind of like, I was kind of secretly hoping Hillary Clinton would win. But then, were you were you of voting age in 2016? No, I was not. Basically, I was just a spectator. So basically, I was like, oh, I kind of hope that I think she's going to win. And I kind of <clears> then November 6 happened, and it was basically everything was going down. I was like, oh, no. This is real. <laughs> Donald Trump's going to win, for goodness sakes. But then, and then, like, everything happened and all that. It was so funny. Like, there was this thing. It's had picture of Obama, and he was looking at Trump, and he's just like, I cannot <laughs> yeah. Remember back when uh, back when late night shows were funny, when it was like, I heard Donald Trump is running for president as a Republican, which is weird because I always thought he was running as a joke. Remember that thing? Yeah, that was, that was, was back. Like, it had this one video. It had Obama, the uh, curb you, your enthusiasm music. It was like, da, 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 and he just looks at him like <laughs> Obama is say what you want of, of his policies or whatever. But he is he was a master of the digital age. He was the. But I, I think before Trump, he was the first real Twitter president. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not because he used it nonstop like Trump does, but because he was aware of how to precisely, you know, his facial expressions, his body language, everything that can be distilled down to a 30-second clip or a meme. He was an expert at that field. And I think that's an underrated advantage that Obama had, that his opponents, that McCain, Romney, Clinton, Bush, that they did not have. Yeah, but uh, so basically is that. Exactly. Um I don't care about his policies. Like, I don't care if you hate Obama or what, but if you're not going to accept that Obama was a political genius, then you are a partisan hack. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. We, I think one episode we got to talk about like once in a generation politicians. I think probably most likely. Yeah, we'll get to him. We'll, we'll get to him. We'll talk about. Um... I read that book in two settings. <laughs> Nice. But I think we're going to basically talk about once in a generation politicians. And I maybe think... next time, maybe maybe some other time. Yeah. Well, once time, we're going to talk about once in a generation. Yeah, you got to finish your story. I've been cutting you off way too much. It's entirely my fault. No, it's fine. But I think, like, I was like, 
Then I watched the inauguration. I'm like, eh, this guy's not going to be so bad. <laughs> not, I mean, these people are crazy, man. These, And this was like, at the time, I was kind of become more kind of socially conservative to more like a libertarian conservative, like a Justin Amash, you know, Rand Paul, kind of Barry Goldwater type. That is... I'm sorry. It's not nothing against you. I just... It's just... I have... You're a African American man, and you like Barry Goldwater, and I just find that hilarious. No, not like Barry Goldwater, but like of his type, basically. Okay, okay, then, okay. Of course, I well, yeah, okay. Yeah, we did for Nixon. I mean, I hold against it. You didn't vote for the Civil Rights Act, but but I mean, like I do, I get the reasons he opposed it, like, but he, you know, I get it, like. He was a states' rights guy, but he was an actual states' rights guy. He wasn't a, oh, I'm going to say states' rights because I'm a racist guy. Like, he actually believed the states could handle it better. Yeah. But, you know, you know, the Civil Rights Act, like, he still should have voted for it. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying he made the right choice. Exactly. I'm just saying that he made a reasonable choice. Okay. I think it was wrong. But I was like, ah, it's going to be fine. And then he did yeah. the ban. And then, basically, the big turning point was the Charlottesville thing when he's, that was pretty much on, like, you know, basically that and if you didn't know if since this is not a video podcast i gave the bird basically i'm just like and he gave the um uh, you know both sides you know yes and then i was that's and then i was kind of hit college and then kind of like i was kind of at that time when he said the both sides i kind of came more socially moderate kind of physical conservative type basically hmm. i don't think i interesting which is pretty much my parents they're pretty much like <laughs> so this would have been what mid 2017 mid 2017 basically okay then like basically i you know did all that and then like i kind of grew when i go to college and i experienced more life and learned more stuff i basically became more liberal kind of like a modern social liberal basically classical liberal kind of thing yeah like kind of like your uh, rfk liberal kind of basically and then RFK, not JFK, RFK. The, the best Kennedy, actually. Spicy hot take, and it's only the first episode. Exactly. Wait till we get to about pre favorite presidents. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to have a spicy hot You're going to talk about FDR, and I'm going to get mad at you. That's going to be how it goes. That's <laughs> fine. But, um. Uh, you, you know what I feel about FDR. I don't I know, need to believe it. I know, I know. Like, look, dude. I'm like you how I admit when my favorite people don't do right. And like, I think even as someone, even though spoiler, FDR is one of my favorite presidents, he didn't do enough for, you know, against lynching. He didn't do- I mean, He was, I mean, yeah, he was a racist. What would you expect him to do? Change his opinions? But then again, like that was it. <laughs> not trying to be like, oh, yeah. not trying to be like, well, not all, but like there are probably like a lot of them where like, like the no, of course, like the Japanese internment stuff, and he didn't do enough to help out Jewish people during the Holocaust. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. You would think I would know that, but nope, I don't. Yeah, but like he didn't do enough. So that's a like that's saying we we do it in good faith, but then basically, yeah. oh yeah, of course, that's that's the best part of it. Yeah, we be honest with ourselves, and then basically around 2019, that's when the primaries happen. What? 
No, I was just, you know, that honesty is the best policy thing. Oh, yeah, honesty is the best policy. But then, like, when 2019 happened, and, I, and oh, yeah, I forgot. Then, basically, when I got registered in 2018, it was due to the Brett Kavanaugh thing. And I was kind of like, <laughs> which is the opposite reaction from Tad, where kind of that, I was basically like, why is this guy in? Basically? And even I mean, like, I don't blame you. There was a lot of misinformation going on at that time. And even, like, I guess, not as much even as Gorsuch, uh, because I was not paying attention, but, like, he was, that was supposed to be Marilyn Garland, who's kind of a more moderate, and then Mitch McConnell was like, ah, eh, we're not going to have him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cocaine Mitch, I mean, love him or hate him, but he gets stuff done. <laughs> That's so bad. But, um, so basically that, I kind of registered as part of the Democratic Party. I voted, uh, I'm going to say my voting history, my goodness. So, like, in the House of Representatives, I voted for David Trun. In the Senate, I voted... Right, because you live, like, 20 minutes away from me, yet you're in another district. Right. Yeah, congressional because district. Maryland's, even though I am not at the edge of my district, I'm in, like, the center of my district, you live 20 minutes away from me, and you're in another district. Hmm. Yeah, Maryland. Basically, I voted for David Trun, which is the guy right there with the Biden-Harris poster. Oh, yeah, but, the billionaire, the, the wine guy. My dad would like him. My dad's a big whiner. No, 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 not like that. He <laughs> likes wine. <laughs> yeah, that was unintentional. That was not like an intentional joke. He, he likes wine. He is not a whiner. Oh, That's my like my big, one of my older sisters. She loves her some wine. But um, so uh, for the Senate, I voted for Ben Cardin. I believe he wrote, ran for that. And for governor, I voted for Larry Hogan. Because I was like, ah, why not? He seems like he's doing a good job. He doesn't make that much noise. Pointed it. Yeah. Both my parents actually voted for Hogan both times, so. Yeah, Hogan was, Hogan is beloved by the African-American community in Maryland. It certainly doesn't harm that he picked only the second ever African-American lieutenant governor in Boyd Rutherford. And he's also popular with, you know, Democrats, Republicans, independents. Yeah. Cool. You know, in a recent poll, he's actually more popular with Democrats than Republicans. Democrats are like I mean, 80 20, and Republicans are like 75 25. Yeah. I, I think it's hilarious. But, like, oh, yeah, like, kind of with my parents, they kind of like looked at like some of the stuff Republican Party was doing, and they kind of found it hypocritical because of yeah. all, like, during the Trump, especially during the Trump years and all that stuff and how they, all that. So, and then mm -hmm. they, they voted for Obama 2012, voted for Hillary in 2016. See, you have all these cool stories. My parents just like since like Bush, uh, Bush two have been just solid Democrats forever. It's, it shows like the interesting story about African Americans in politics. Yeah, agreed. Because, um, not, all right, in twenty twenty. So all right, here's the juicy stuff. The twenty twenty Democratic Party. Spill uh, the beans. So like, I think there was a point. It was kind of like. Which like trying to like which one you're trying to get, and then I was like, yeah, I'm just waiting for like a big gun to come out, basically. And lo and behold, uh, Joe Biden when he came out, basically, not came out of the closet, but he came out. Of Joe Biden, I, I, why not? Like, why not him? So basically, then after the first debate, when he was like, um, then it came out about the busing thing, how he was opposed to it, and then Kamala Harris came out and kind of, which I'll give an interesting point about busing. Like basically how that little girl was me. But uh, 
basically an interesting point. I was just watching this documentary about how like most people uh, opposed busing, even like African Americans, like really, like Congressman uh, Jim Clyburn was like, yeah, I didn't support busing. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so, but so I remember I watched it. It was on my computer. I was watching the debate, and I'm like, oh my god, he's like basically, um, you know, I thought he's like that's he can't come back from this. And then like basically, <laughs> never oh. underestimate black people, though they have won so many elections for Democrats. Amen. Democrats, Democrats, what they should be doing is being on their hands and knees thanking black people every four years. <laughs> and no, no, they chase after, you know, Karens. <laughs> like black people, they're going to vote for us no matter what. And then those white moms, they give us money. All black people do is give us all their votes every year. You know, they're only the most reliable voting block we have. But these racist white moms? Money. <laughs> so I basically, after that, I was like, you know, I'm going to flip to more Elizabeth Warren because I kind of liked her brand <laughs> of progressivism. If you can't tell, I was, I was, I was crying. Yeah. But I liked her brand of progressivism, basically. It's more... All right. All right. It's going to have another one. We're going to have, like, I hope we have, like, political hot takes. But I think Bernie Sanders is vastly overrated. I think that... You expect, are, you, are you expecting me to argue with you or something? No. Some people, some people I'm not going to. <laughs> I just want your nod of approval, basically. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he sucks. I, I hate him. But uh, I feel like his... um. He comes out and be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a democratic socialist, basically. And Speaking of that accent, did I ever tell you about the time that I acted as Bernie Sanders in a play? I, I put on I put on a robe and I took a staff and I acted as wizard Bernie Sanders. I thought you're, that almost sounds like you're about to be like Moses or something. Uh, maybe, though, there might have been some inspiration there. I'm not really sure. I helped write the play. I didn't write too much of it. But I acted as wizard Bernie Sanders. That was a very fun moment. And we had my friend Eric played Putin. Uh, we had uh, someone playing Trump. We had someone playing uh, uh, Hillary. This was 2016 era, uh, and we had uh, we had uh, oh, we had a sword fight and everything uh, with me and uh, uh, I think it was Trump, and it ended up with me losing, falling to the ground, and getting dragged out by Putin's Russians. And it was one of the best moments. I love that. I love theater class. But uh, yeah, so I basically uh, oh yeah, my hot take about democratic socialism. It's not actually like so socialism because. Because if you read about democratic socialism, it's talking about getting rid of capitalism or like... Wait, that is socialism, though. Like, that is explicitly... Isn't that, like, explicitly anti-capitalist? But anyway, no, let's... That can be, like, an, another time. Let's let's get back to uh, learning about you. No, I was about to explain what I was going to say. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I talk too much. But democratic socialism... In every speech I hear about Bernie Sanders talking about democratic socialism... He almost never talks about getting rid of capitalism, if I think, but it's more akin to social democracy than um, democratic socialism, because basically cap social democracy in its basis is basically capitalism, but you have more regulated and all that. But that is more, but people, Tad, let me ask you a question. What is more awesome to the ear or you know sexy to the ear democratic socialism or social democracy um democratic socialism sounds better to be honest 
at least not to me, but like to the voters that he's trying to court, the, you know, the low information millennials, they hear socialism and they love it. Even though they don't know what it is. <laughs> yes. Actually, I would say no. I would say precisely because they don't know what it is. Yeah, it's just like... If they knew, they would not like it. Yeah. Every time we talk, I'm thinking of better, more topics about like, one of the big issues I have in politics, which is mislabeling things. Sure. Like racism. Racism is everywhere now, and now it's meaningless. Yeah, like, you have to basically be Pacific. It's Pacific. Pacific. <laughs> you, yeah, gotta, you gotta be Pacific, because yeah, you're an ocean, I guess. around it, like, basically, like, it's too, too deadly of a thing to basically just throw around it. Completely understood. And it also harms harms the advancement of anti-racism because it falsely claims things that aren't racist are. And now when something racist happens and you scream racist and nobody's going to listen. Yeah, like um, when some people... Um... Oh, I'll go on for it. So let's <laughs> keep on to 2020. So like, <laughs> I'm sorry, again. <laughs> I felt like... Man, I feel like there are people, the people on the left, they're kind of picking on Biden too much because they would like... You know, kind of this was this was during primary season. Yeah, this was like pre-primary. This is like 2019, early 2020. This was before Iowa and all that stuff. Um, so basically, I was like, eh, I feel like they're picking on too much because of like they're trying to pick apart like, oh, he voted for the Iraq War. He he did the crime bill and blah. blah. He did the crime bill. I mean, he kind of did actually. I was just laughing at the way you phrased it. He did the crime. Uh, even though there was this interesting saying, how like. Oh, the people who, who are actually very supportive of the crime bill were actually African-Americans. Yes. Ronald, when, uh, when Reagan and Clinton and, and those people started doing their war on drugs, they reached out to black people yeah, for like, advice. Yeah. And black people were instrumental in its passing. Yeah, they like, loved it. Because they were trying to, like, we got to get the drugs out the... Yes. We're trying to get the drugs out the thing. So, like, I think, you know, sometimes I feel like... Yeah, we should do, like, a, a episode about, like, our biggest issues of current-day politics. But I think it's basically kind of thinking like, well, if it were me back in the day, I would have done this. And like basically how Bernie Sanders like all about like, well, I voted for, against the Iraq war, even though. How do you do the voice? I lost it. <laughs> Your voice. 1%. Yeah. 1%. The millionaires and billionaires. Millionaire, okay. We Billionaire class. Millionaires and billionaires. Okay. Wait, no, he doesn't say millionaires anymore. Remember, there was an expose about after he became a millionaire, he stopped including millionaires in his speech and only included billionaires. I'm completely serious. You can look it up. I feel like I feel like there was a speech like millionaires and billionaires. Okay, we're just going to have an episode where we're going to talk entirely in Bernie Sanders, basically. Bernie voice 101. <laughs> like, lesson one, the billionaire class. Too much talk about class and not about, like, social issues. But no. okay, that's one of my issues about Bernie. But okay, 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 okay. Back to back to you. I do way too much. I get us off track. I'm so sorry. It's actually good. But um, so basically, I was like, yeah, I think he, you know, I think it's too much of like purity of tests for them. Basically saying like, well, you know, basically you did this vote back when you weren't evolved. <laughs> How dare you be a human being and not change your mind at least? Yeah. Because that's like thing about politics. Unless it's like. You're flip-flopping, like uh, Kevin McCarthy, basically. Oh, what about McCarthy? What happened to him? He was basically saying, like, oh, yeah, it wasn't Trump's fault for the, the riots or insurrection. And then it was Trump's fault. And then, like, his speech says, well, it was everyone's fault, basically. But, I mean, I don't like McCarthy. He's a bad leader and should be nowhere near power. Yeah. 
but I'm, uh, <laughs> but um basically that so then like the primaries happened and then iowa happened and i remember watching iowa and i was like this is tiring and i'm like i'm gonna go to bed <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that believe me yeah, I, I, I did not watch iowa i went to bed before it started so like there should be primaries i think you should just then like then new hampshire happened and then uh nevada happened and then like basically that and then bernie won both basically wait one oh yeah he did win new hampshire because i always forget oh that god. oh my god bernie sanders is gonna be the democratic Nominee, oh, let me tell you, Republicans, you know, I, I'm friends with a lot of, you know, Republicans. We were so happy when that happened. Or they were. I wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, continue. God. But, and then, but then, but then South Carolina happened. And then James, uh, Congressman Clyburn, he just endorsed Joe Biden. And then I remember watching the news, basically. And it was like the first minute when the polls dropped, it says, Joe Biden is the projected winner. I'm telling you, like old black people, they vote. Yeah, they. That's you the, do good things for them, they will do good things for you. Like basically, with um, you know, African American voters, can give you the secret. I think <laughs> they, um, even my grandmother on my mom's side, she was like, she was very much pro Biden the day one when he announced. She's like, that's the guy. Because he's like, <laughs> I don't care about Bernie Sanders. I like Joe Biden. Basically, it's usually. Yeah. Older African American voters are more moderate and kind of have more conservative views, and, and so, also like parochial politics because they have been you know mistreated for so long that they know that they need to have someone that they know will stand up for them. Yeah, exactly. And you know they're kind of suspicious of if you're like a Bernie Sanders, but then like and then like and then Super Tuesday happened, and then like Biden just swept house basically it like, really helps that so many people you know did that whole endorsement thingy yeah oh yeah also oh yeah that happened too it was like then buddha judge klobuchar and then auroric they just endorsed like i think that klobuchar klobuchar you mean okay i am judging you she was my second choice she was actually my mom's first choice she actually really liked I think she liked Klobuchar and uh, Cory Booker. Those are the people. That <laughs> yeah, two, you know, completely opposite candidates. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but, um... So about you. <laughs> so back to you. So back to me. Uh, um, so then, like, that, and then Warren dropped out, and I was like, and, like, how Bernie supporters treated Elizabeth Warren was kind of like, I didn't like it. Because even if you don't like it was sexist as hell. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with Joe Biden, even though I've grown to be, like, more progressive, more kind of more social democrat, because I didn't care for socialism. Because I was like, eh, how is that going to be implemented? Because that's pretty much for me when I'm talking about politics, is that how are you going to implement your policy? Because I think a lot of people, especially when you look at the first 10 days of uh, first couple of days of President Biden's uh, administration, they think like, oh, you'd have a one, and that's how you, where's my Medicare for all? Where's my <laughs> student loan debt forgiveness? It's like, these things take time. Yeah, like, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I took a political science class. Shout yeah. out to my, I took a shout out to one of my professors, 
One of them? Just one of them. Yeah, because we don't want to we don't want a name check. Oh yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. That's our rule. But I thought you meant like shout out to one of them, but not all not any of the others. Yeah, like I took one political science class at Montgomery College and he was like, Yeah, you need the house and the Senate. And if and then like and then all that you know, basically to pass through your bills and all that. There's yeah. like complicated stuff with politics. It's very messy. <laughs> You know, one of the things that, and then like basically I was pro Biden, and then basically after that, you know, rest is history. I was like, and then like, um, you were like, and then like, and oh, all sorry. those things. So basically, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to know what you were like. Supported Biden, and then like, I think after the George Floyd thing, and then how Donald Trump treated uh, the riots. I was like, like I have to be involved in this because like. It isn't like, you know, 20, 2008 or 2012 where, like, you know, both the people, Obama and McCain and Obama and Romney, were, like, good, decent dudes who, like, there's a respect for each other. Get you, on get you. Yeah, like, and, like, I just felt like, man, if Trump is given four more years, like, the America that I know and love and want to be would just be, like, because I would honestly think since COVID happened and like, I pretty much don't think he would have done that much. Like it would continue at that time. Ooh, Trump? Yeah, Trump, like basically continue. Because like, you want things to be better. I want to like- Yeah, you might be right. No, you, I agree with most of this. Because like, you know, it was rough as hell. You know? Open season. Um, you know, basically you want stuff and then sadly, mm -hmm. um, cousin who had uh, cancer Ooh, I'm very sorry to hear that. You never mentioned that. I, I didn't I'm so sorry to hear that. I wanna have the new normal back. Yeah. I'm so sorry and to hear so that. So I'm just like I'll vote for Joe Biden, basically. I vote for McConnell's volunteered and then um, we're at this moment and we did this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess let's wow. talk about how we, we, um, we got to this idea. Why don't you talk about? Oh, was your idea. So you do the talking. I, I'm just here for the rides. Okay. I so didn't, I, I didn't been, do this. You did this. Yeah. So I was looking at this thing called like, uh, it's all bad faith and, uh, it's just a bunch of people I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Even, I think you will learn from this, people who listen to it, even if I am very much on the left, but not, like, too far to the left. I, there are certain people on the left, I'm like... The left? Ugh, I grouse. Like, I don't like those people. <laughs> like, grouse. Like, uh, Jimmy Dore. He mentioned Jimmy Dore, and I'm like, ugh. ugh. I, it's just too abrasive. Like, when they talk to you, it's kind of very angry, and you just want to... He's like, if you're talking to me, please talk in a very calm talk like a human yeah like uh my type of progressive is more david pacman than like uh kyle something his name is kulinski yeah. the guy who said the n-word and because he's a lefty everybody loves it remember they're all using it in reaction gifts like n-words is hungry i don't know why he thought that <laughs> i don't know why he thought it was appropriate to say it and i also don't know why people think it's appropriate to like him right like 
That's disgusting. Is a, a douche to me. I, I know I'm not yeah. supposed oh, to. Oh, for those who don't know, Kyle Kalinske is white. Uh, he's not just white, he's pasty white, pastier than I am. And he's and he just straight up said the N-word on Twitter. And he doesn't, his beard doesn't connect. I'm just like, ugh. I mean, I guess. That's not exactly, like, the problem. Yeah, but among the problems I have, it's just... Uh, yeah, the, you know, uh, no, he's a racist piece of shit, but, like, also he has a beard. But here's the thing about the beard, he doesn't connect. And, I don't care! But, but here, but basically, I pref- there's a certain type of left people I don't like, and the people who are on that podcast I don't care for, including the person who was, like, the press secretary for Bernie Sanders in 2020. Uh, Bree, Bree. Bree, Bree. Oh my God. We're going to oh. talk about this. I cannot wait till we talk about grifters in a party. I am going to have a list. A list of people. I'm still just, I'm still just, I haven't even gotten over her name. It's Brianna, but people call her that. I'm like, oh, okay. Brianna actually makes sense. Never mind. Okay, I've gotten over her name. I thought her name was Bree, Bree. I'm like, I'm going to have a list. You just made the list, as Chris Jericho said it. But, um, no, I'm pretty certain that's Siraj Hashmi. I don't know. <laughs> it's a wrestler. He was like... Who? Okay, whatever. But he's basically like, kind of like bad faith arguments of why you support policies. And it was so funny when she was like saying, oh yeah, when Biden, President Biden... People haven't been hurting this. He's trying to do like fifteen dollars an hour. She's like, it should be twenty. Did, what did she, did she like do this before the election or something? No, this is after. Oh, okay, it's not too bad. Oh, I mean, so she's all- like, it should be twenty five dollars an hour. Like, oh no, it's like even though fifteen was, bucks is bad enough. So basically, here's the thing: there is this one person I listen to sometimes. He's like a, like a socialist, but he's kind of cool. Sorry, continue. He's kind of cool, but. He basically was like, yeah, that would be stupid because it would destroy the economy. You'd rather have it have grow the minimum wage gradually, since it says till 20, be fully amended in 2025. So that's how you do it. Because if you just do out front, basically like, we're going to have $15 an hour right now, right here, right now, it would destroy the economy, essentially. But I was like, you know... I don't like this. I want, you know, kind of like good faith arguments. So I was like, and I was just joking around. I was like, hey, man, hey, Tad, we should totally. Oh, that was a joke? Oh. Yeah, it was a joke. I was like, hey, man, you know what we should do? We should have basically this type of podcast. <laughs> and you were like, you were like, yeah, that sounds cool. I want to yeah, do Yeah, I was. I, I didn't know you were joking. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have agreed if I had known you were joking. But I was like, oh, really? I was like, fine, we'll do it. Even today, I was like, yeah, we're like the good version of Rising. Uh, what? The show, The Rising by the Hill. It was like Chris, Chris and Bell and some other dude. It was sure. Like, um, sure. You know what? I don't, I be- trust you. Sure. <laughs> but um, I was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's have a good faith. You know, someone who is kind of progressive, but not too much. Not too unbearable. <laughs> not too much of like. You're not unbearable. Stop doing that. No, like basically the progressive who's not unbearable. You can. There are very few of them, by the way, but you are definitely one of them. You're a good yeah. friend. I like it. And then like someone who's like on the right, who isn't unbearable. On the right? Well, maybe I kind of am on the right nowadays. 
Yeah, but like someone who's like more on my, who shares more different views than I do. You. So I'm basically like, let's do that. And Lord, let's, that lo and behold, that's how the Good Faith podcast, faith, Good Faith actors happen. And let the good faith roll. <laughs> we should have a pod. What should be our theme song, basically? I don't think we should have a theme song, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. We Although don't, we okay. should have, like, you know how podcasts they have, like, trailers. They're like, oh, yeah, they have, um, hey, you like this and da da da. We should have, like, a video, like, basically, like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. It, it, it is when you listen to Spotify, basically. I believe you. I mean, that sounds definitely seems like people would. And it basically, like, basically like, hey, Tad, do you know what I don't like? He's like, well, <laughs> bad faith arguments about politics. Oh, no, that's cheesy. Oh, that's bad. I thought you meant, like, where you, like, take excerpts out of context and then, like, you do, like, all that stuff. Oh. Eh, maybe we could have a trailer. I don't know. But not that. That's bad. Oh, bad. That's, that's Something bad is happening in all of Come on, that sounds great. Be like, hey, man, do you know what I don't like? Or, like, basically actors, like, Hey, hey, Pat, do you know what I don't like? What? Bad faith argument about politics. But it's like, ah, oh, what podcast would be good? It's like, I don't know. Well, what? It's like, and then Bernie Sanders comes like, I think there was a great podcast called Good Faith Actors. Bernie Sanders. But, I love uh, you, Bernie. It's like, oh, that sounds great. It's too funny. Wait, I should like. We should see if he's on cameo, and we can like. <laughs> Just we, Bernie Sanders, come to this podcast right now. Big burn. Feel the burn. No. I mean, listen, he's like completely irrelevant nowadays. No, he's like the 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 chair of the budget thing. Right, I forgot because Biden is. Ugh. But, I'm very, I gotta say, I'm disappointed with Biden so far, but of course, that's a topic for another time. Oh, oh, but I'm pretty, I'm actually pretty happy with Biden. But, um, what, what topics do you think we should expect? And what do you say is the purpose of this podcast, Ed? I just, oh, you mean like this is like a question, question, whoa, okay. Yeah, what uh, do you think the that's a good question. Um, I'd have to say that, like, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I kind of just do whatever you say. Uh, I just want to have a good time and talk with friends. I don't really pay much attention beyond that. Exactly. But, um... Sorry. But the purpose of this podcast is pretty much have good faith conversations of why you support certain policies. Yeah, those things. Yes, and also have, most importantly, a good time. I do agree with that. Uh, having a good time is, in my opinion, is important. Because if this is like a, and it's also great that we talk over each other. We we go upon. We don't do a, you know, we um, we don't stay on topic. Yeah, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing you won't see us do is simping us simping about politicians. Um, you sure about that? I mean, uh. uh, uh. <laughs> There's this one guy on Twitter. Actually, there's these like twenty guys on Twitter. Keeping <laughs> 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 hot. Yo, that. if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Come over and get in my automobile. <laughs> we we should do. I'm uh, drive that thing. 
<laughs> All you gotta do is sit back and ride. <laughs> you spin me right round, baby. <laughs> right round, like a, one of those things. Oh, right, record players, the things that, like, got out of... I don't think I've ever seen a record player. No, I have, I have. My, my science teacher brought one in. Once, my physics teacher, when we were learning about that stuff. He brought in a real, honest-to-God record player. So what pie, what, um... So what topics do you think we should do at the Good Faith Pod? Good Faith Actions Podcast? I don't know, but I mean... I feel like 90 minutes is a nice long length. I feel like we should, like, stop, wind oh, yeah, down. Like, let's do, do like, what, like, topics, basically, a sneak peek of what's to come. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, we could just do an episode where I read verbatim from this Reagan book. <laughs> Let's, we, well, we're gonna... It is a joke. I mean, the book is amazing, by the way. It's not biased or anything. It's written by a Brit. It's not even written by, like, an American partisan. British. We'll talk about British... No, I hate the British. I completely hate... Oh, no, I don't hate the British. That's not true. I have some very nice British followers. There are exceptions to the rule, but there are nice. Um, I hate Britain. I don't hate the British. The British are fine. I hate Britain. I hate everything about it. <laughs> I don't like Britain. and Crumpets? Just call it a snack. That's what it is. It's a snack. You don't have... Dinner at lunchtime. And a flashlight is not a torch. What's a torch? Torch. You know, like those things, oh, like candles weird. that you carry. And they call they, they call a flashlight a torch because Britain has never moved past the 1800s. I don't like when British people invade about talk about our politics. Uh, that's another day for another topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think one topic we're going to do is, you know, favorite presidents. Abraham Lincoln. Spoiler alert, Abraham Lincoln is my number one or number two. I don't know. I always go back between him and Washington. Yes, I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> hey, I am too a basic one with Lincoln. As my... Wait a minute. I'm... We're spoiling our... I think... I, I think the spoiler would be the people who are arrested. Yeah, yeah. There's no spoilers. Everybody loves Lincoln and Washington except for the San Francisco School District. Yeah, but... It's yeah, it's the basic. Think of a, I should think of being a, a comedy kind of guy. I should I should think of going into comedy. I always think about becoming a U.S. Attorney General. I, you don't just become an Attorney General. I know, I know, but or United States Senator. But here's like favorite presidents, grifters. Yeah, I the, mean the um, improvements that we want to see in our political parties. Our, our uh, secret for our Patreon listeners, the Valentine's Day special. <laughs> <clears throat> That's when we talk about our political crushes. And then, which is only for like a special group of people. But then again, this has been an awesome time talking about the Good Faith Act. Project. Mm. And you're, and oh, I am mad not at you they 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 suspended one of the hot guys i was talking about <laughs> See, oh no wait no he's back on another account let's go okay don't listen to ted <laughs> <laughs> See, i'm more subtle I'm, i mean unlike our friend sam he is you know crazy he's just i have to blunk him sometimes but you know i guess uh, no if you had seen him you would you just, just, just trust me, okay? It's fine. Oh, I'm talking about uh, other Sam, Sam who does a uh, Gen Z GOP. Yeah, Sam, I, I, I don't know. So, um, I guess this is a time to go off. As this is Matthew. Go say your oh, name. this is Tad. Um, yeah. 
I'll see you next time, I guess. See you next time. Yeah, that. 